welcome to The Divorce Social with me, Samantha Baines, changing the conversation around divorce. This show is sponsored by Penguin in the Room. Penguin in the Room is an award-winning arts, marketing and social media management company. If you want to jazz up your socials and have someone Instagram and tweet for you, then here's your answer. Go to www.penguinintheroom.com. As always, hit subscribe to make sure you're updated about new episodes. And we love to hear from you on social media at DivorcePod and at Samantha Baines. You can also email us all the infos on our website, thedivorcesocial.com. So I am joined by comedian, podcaster and half of Scummy Mummies, Helen Thorne. Hello. Good morning, Samantha. (laughs) Helen is making me record at a ridiculous time in the morning and I'm not normally awake right now. Welcome. Welcome to paradise. Uh, I have been (laughs) up since about 6.30. I've made two school lunches, got two children uh, off to school. Um, I've done some house admin I, you know I'm living a full life and now and now it's like the afternoon Sam you know this is this is the reality and what are you what are you in half pajamas not even a bra not even a bra not even a shower I've just put deodorant on top of my night sweat mm. so I can't smell myself so you're welcome <laughs> um, so you are divorced yes well getting divorced yeah I I'm I'm in my freshman year uh, I've been um, been separated six months. It was six months, just a couple of days. So I'm quite fresh. Um, yeah, I got separated. I was separated at two weeks before lockdown. That was that was quite good timing, I think, because going into lockdown uh, with with that guy wouldn't have been so great. So um, yeah. <laughs> I think you're the freshest person we've had on the podcast in the six months of separation. So this should be fun. Yeah, I am very fresh, even though I think because I went into lockdown and I had like three months where I couldn't basically see friends or hug anyone or anything, I had to kind of sit with the with the nastiness and the pain and the trauma and all that sort of stuff. So I sort of did like separation boot camp. <laughs> And, and I think I did a really intense time work trying to get through it all. So um, even though it's been like six months, it feels like a lot longer. Yeah, that's intense because my I separated like two years ago now <sighs> and my lockdown has even been intense as a single person. And I've had all that time to kind of deal with it and not being able to see people and like date and stuff. I've really had to like address my issues and talk to my counsellor and stuff like that so you have really been thrown in the deep end yeah and I think when you so I mean I'm not going to go into details because obviously my children are still small so I can't give you the details of the separation but let's just say it was a surprise to me um yeah if that, you know, that gives you an idea. So I had no idea I was going to get separated. But when I found out the things I did, we got separated um, immediately. Um, so I was in that sort of weird shock trauma thing. And I think usually when you go into that, all you want to do is like hug your friends, go out, probably shag people, snog people, just be close to people. That's what you want. You want human touch because your body is in this state of shock. And I was just alone. I mean, I had my children, but um, it was a weird feeling of wanting 
because I just wanted to be comforted. Um, so yeah, I had to really dig down and face, um, all the sad bits, all the hard bits, um, and try and make sense of the information I'd just been given basically and trying to piece together what my life was, who he was, who I was, uh, all in that time. Uh, full of lols it was, uh, Sam, as you can imagine. <laughs> my gosh. So what? How? So that moment, which we won't talk about, but your reaction to that surprise and that shock, how did that did you feel it physically or was it purely emotional? Like what was it like for you in that shock moment? Um, it just it just felt like someone had thrown a bucket of cold water over me and everything kind of went numb and time kind of slowed down a bit. And I was just like going, oh, okay, this, this is this information. And I've got two children, so I need to um, go, okay, kids, yep, we're – this is what's happening. And, um, yeah, I just sort of went into sort of weird automatic mode and I am a really upbeat, positive glass, half full, everything's fine kind of person. So that's always my natural reaction to everything. And it was really hard to happy this. It was really hard to put a, you know, as the phrase, the phrase goes, it was hard to polish this turd. It really was. (laughs) And um, and one of the things my therapist and also I've got a couple of friends who are psychologists kept saying to me is, you're allowed to be angry. You've had a shitty thing that's just happened to you. And I was like, no, it's no, it's okay because I've got the house to myself now and the kids are great and I'm just going to make everything great. And just my natural reaction is just to smooth everything over. And it was such a raw, weird, horrible feeling to going, no, someone was really mean to me and oh, how do I deal with that? I can't, I've just, yeah, I love being loved. I love, you know, I'm a comedian. I love people clapping at me and loving me and surrounding me. And then I couldn't make sense of it. I couldn't, I was like, but I'm nice. I'm I'm Helen, I'm lovable. I'm this person. So, um, yeah, so I think that was the biggest kind of thing is to kind of allow myself to be sad and allow myself to be angry and, you know, say, oh, shit, bum, poo. Oh, damn it, blow, um, buggery. Um, <laughs> I bet Hugh, Hugh Grant on it. Oh, shit. Um, yeah, so I think that was it. And, you know, my, my obviously, because the grown-up thing to do is immediately I took up smoking for the first time in years sure. and and did a lot of drinking, but all sort of hidden away from the kids. So so that was that. But, um, yeah, so he moved, he moved out and um, he got a flat uh, five streets away. So the kids, even from lockdown, down with with him two days a week so I had them five days a week so I had them Monday to Friday so I was doing homeschooling and I was still doing scummy mummy podcasts scummy mummy um what's it called um live Instagram still creating content still being happy because nobody knew what was going on and um my career the scummy mummies have been going for seven years is is about sharing day-to-day motherhood parenthood you know old slag (laughs) stories and so I realized actually that kind of kept me going because I was continuing to be that happy you know oh my god lockdown lol what's that about um uh persona 
um, even though there was this times where I was doing the <gasps> kind of weeping um, at night. Um, so, yeah, it was weird because I was, it wasn't, wasn't that I was faking it because I was obviously going through homeschooling and lockdown and all that sort of stuff, but there was just a lot more going on behind the scenes. Yeah, I think faking it's a weird one like as a phrase, isn't it? Because sometimes I feel like I fake it in everyday life. Like I have anxiety and Sometimes to leave the house, I have to pretend that I'm fine. But actually, I just want to cut up in a ball in a duvet and not see anyone or speak to anyone. So I think sometimes initially after a trauma, faking it just helps you get through the day. Yes. Before you can actually deal with the thing. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And um Ellie and I, Ellie's the other scummy mummy, we would do these um, bi-weekly. We'd do a Tuesday and a Friday Instagram Live and we would do games and silly things and songs and we were recording silly parody songs as well. And just all that sort of stuff was really good and people were saying things like, oh, my God, you're helping us get through lockdown. Thanks for your honesty, da-da-da-da-da. So, so that was really good and that kind of kept me going that the fact that I could still be funny I could still provide entertainment and I can still have contact and connection with our audience so I think that was that was really good and that gave me a bit of purpose otherwise I think I would have just spent the entire time smoking in my pajamas and eating biscuits and drinking a lot of wine so much wine Samantha so much <laughs> I'm a gin, I'm a gin girl so a lot of gin during lockdown for me same um so it's weird being, because obviously I'm a comedian as well, it is weird being a comedian in that sometimes you're going through terrible things like divorce, uh, like, you know, when my dad died and you still have to like go to a gig and make people laugh and you're living this like weird, it can re- be really helpful, like you said, but you are sort of living this weird dual life. How did you cope with that or how did it feel does it feel like you put for me it feels like I put on like an armor and then I go and do a gig and then I come home and I'm just normal sad me again (laughs) exactly well one of the things that I I literally do put on an armor Ellie and I wear ridiculous shiny cat suits and there is something in that I'd put the cat suit on to do like the Instagram live or or you know whatever we were doing and I was like no I'm being heard tonight I'm going to be I'm going to be happy, scummy Helen. And I think that, yeah, it was helpful. But also um, I had this an amazing army of women around me. So I had, I'm Australian, so it would hit midnight and I couldn't call or text my UK friends, but that's when Australia was waking up. So I had sort of like 24-hour care that I could just text them going, oh, my God, this is how I'm feeling today or this is this is what's happened or, or whatever. So I sort of had this sort of um, support network that were kind of helping me with the with the weird thoughts and the oh my god I can't sleep what am I going to do um so I think I think that was really helpful and then it just it just I kind of looked forward to doing the comedy stuff because I thought oh that that that's just going to make me feel happy and it wasn't like it was it wasn't like it was um what's the word disguising the sad it was just it was just a nice thing to do. Kind of just broke up the drinking and the smoking and the terrible and the delivery kebabs, you know. Oh wow. Yeah. You went in. Oh God, yeah, absolutely. God, that was nice. <laughs> um 
I love that, that you have friends in Australia. So you have people because during the night is some of the hardest times. I need to make friends with people who live in Australia so I can message them. You do, especially at 3am. I mean, can I tell you something really naughty? Um, So so it's been six months now and I've, I have dipped into um, online dating and doing all the all the naughty things. And, you know, I got into sending, you know, you send a few pictures, don't you? You send pictures. They send yeah. pictures. Just never put your face in them. Never put your face in. That's what my friend said. Cut your face off. Just send, just send the, uh, just send the other bits. Anyway, so in, speaking of sending bits, I was sent, I was texting this man late at night. And um, I thought I sent him a picture of my <clears throat> downstairs, and but I didn't, Samantha. Who did I send it to instead? My neighbour. <laughs> Accidentally sent a picture of my bush to the lady across the road. Okay, I need to know what sort of person is your neighbour? Very good friend. So, it, look, I'm glad it was her and not, the not you know, I don't know, the school WhatsApp group or... <laughs> But she said she just saw it at midnight and was like, oh, that was not for me. Helen's having some fun with another person. Um, yeah, so, but I didn't realise that because I was in the throes of, you know, sending nice things to a man. And, uh, yeah, it was at 3 a.m. when I sort of woke up and I looked at my phone and I went, oh, my God, I sent a picture of my fanny. Um, and I so at 3 a.m. I could ring my girlfriends in Australia going, I'm such an idiot, what are you doing? So, yeah, so the next day um, it was okay because I'd had that time to kind of get through it. Um, but, yeah, um, yeah. the next day I went round and left her a bottle of champagne and some pork scratchings because I think that made up for it. <laughs> it did. I'm sure it did. Oh. Was, it, was it a nice picture at least? Yeah, I mean, I always like to put a bit of a classy, you know, black and white. Yeah. Good. Nice. <laughs> black and white, Fanny. <laughs> I've never done that. I'm going to use that as a tip. Yes, black and white boobs are good, um, you know, uh, all those sort of things. I know this has got quite loose. <laughs> I love it already. Um, but is it, isn't it a weird world? Because I, like, that sort of stuff didn't really, well, I suppose it did happen, but, like, uh, online dating was more like plenty of fish, like you logged in on a laptop before I got married. So to to find the world of you know tinder and bumble and hinge and like people that you can just speak to on those platforms or like people speak to you in instagram dms now because they can send videos and stuff yes they can i get i so i have two instagram accounts i've got scummy mummies and i have a fashion account called helen wears a size 18 because i'm sort of plus plus size curvy lady but i'm getting a lot of men now going hello lovely lady and i'm just like delete block delete block as if they think yes of course i'd love to to chat to you random man i get a lot of american ex-american servicemen actually all called things like brick and tetry and trevor and things like that i don't know i'm obviously their type that's that's your niche own it yeah hello officer (laughs) (laughs) have you had any super weird pictures though because i remember when i first got onto internet dating because also i think i feel like the picture thing is like you, you've got this newfound freedom and you're like, what's the naughtiest thing I can do? Take a picture of my bits and send it to someone. And it feels like thrilling. Yes, it does. Um, it, it's so weird because I um, I should say that I was with my husband for nearly 22 years. So 
I, I'd never dated before. We started going out when I was 19. We met at uni. So you didn't date back then. You just sort of snogged and shagged after, you know, a few <laughs> WKDs. And so even the fact that someone's taken me out for dinner that isn't my husband is a really wonderful sort of novelty. And, yeah, but, yeah, the whole sexing thing, I just did not think I was I would do. I, I was quite prudish. And now I'm like, <laughs> yeah, it goes off in your head though as soon as you become separated and I know you shouldn't say this but I've talked to all my friends who are separated and they were like you just get on the horn like it's just it is a weird phenomenon and and you shouldn't feel shame because it's just like oh my god I wouldn't have ever thought of any of this sort of stuff but there's a oh, kind of a delicious liberation to it and you shouldn't feel any like it's not like <laughs> It's like men have needs, but yes, women have needs too. And it, and that's okay. That's a really great thing to kind of embrace. But yeah, it is. Um, yeah, it's all, it's all very new. It's, it, but it's so true. And I think people don't talk about it, but like after my divorce, I went on a rampage, like a consensual rampage, but like I was <laughs> on it. Yeah. Like, I was like messaging and meeting up with people and um, I had sex with a, a guy in a toilet of a private member's bar up against a mirror. Like, yeah, it sounds more impressive than it was. <laughs> like it was actually quite like awkward practically. Yes, it is. Because I was like, he was like lifting me and there was a mirror and I was in the skirt. It was difficult. But, um, but you know, like you just have fun. But... I, I was going to say, have you had any really weird pictures? Because I had, because I've been sent some dick pics and I do a bit of stand up about that. I always care about the furnishings because it's so true. Because like you, because the penis is always angry. Why? Why? Yeah. If, if the person has a penis. And then in the background, there's always like once there was a white leather sofa and I was like, oh, I can't get on board with that. And like a black shag pile. And I was like, how can you wank in those surroundings? No, no, that's like, it's like an 80s dentist, you know, waiting room or something. Oh, no, no. No, but I was once sent a picture on Instagram, this is. So it was a guy I met on a dating app and then he was like, message me on Instagram. And I didn't know the creepy world that is Instagram DMs from dating app. I would, wouldn't recommend. Right. He sent me a picture of himself at a picnic so in the park, sitting on a like gingham rug, yes. in shorts with his flaccid penis hanging out the side of one leg of his shorts. No! Oh, no, that's awful. Like an uncooked sausage. Yeah. Oh, no. Um, I'm trying to think what I've had. I've, I, I'm always surprised when the dick pic comes so soon in the chat. Like, um, like just sort of like, hi, I'm Helen. Um, this is what I do, blah, 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 blah. And they're chatting away and they're like, oh, and here's a picture of my enormous penis. And I was like, oh, okay. Um, and it's sort of... <laughs> I usually just reply like blimey or righto um (laughs) um, yeah so that's it Um, I'm trying to think because sometimes it's just it's just the willy isn't it and but I I can we talk about hair yes um the first man I had a little dalliance with he was completely shaved from top to bottom even his head like he had no hair apart from his eyebrows and I was quite surprised that there was that much sort of admin involved um I didn't I didn't like it I like a bit of hair I like a bit of you know what's it called foliage around (laughs) I was gonna say you were quite surprised but you couldn't tell he was but he had eyebrows so it's fine you could (laughs) 
<laughs> so yeah, all those sort of things. That I, you know, because back in the nineties when I started, we all had hair, didn't we? You know, we shaved our legs, perhaps our underarms, but it wasn't all, it wasn't all waxing and all that, all that sort of jazz. Um, so yeah, so that's that's been a bit of a surprise, really. And I'm I'm surprised about people, the directness, which is again very liberating. But I had a guy I was texting the other day, and he just said, "Hi, I'm into coffee, G and T's, vinyl LPs, um, flea markets, anal, and." pulling hair <laughs> wow so uh i was like Ooh. all together or <laughs> the same time <laughs> i've had i've had one of those with the guy who's just been like i just want to be really upfront it was literally like hi how are you yeah i'm good i just want to be really upfront i'm into and then it was like breath play hair pulling like all of this whole list and I was like wow that is that is very upfront he I I reckon he just cuts and pastes that that's just in his that's just in his notes isn't it on his phone I was like yeah I'm gonna see see if I can find this but um yeah it's all it's all very (laughs) educational really But that is the reality of it. Like, and I'm in no hurry to be in a relationship. But like, I'm really, you know, I had like a coffee date the other day. I went to a pub with a guy the other day just for a chat to see. And it's I'm just sort of enjoying seeing what I like, seeing what I want. What the whole process of it is really fascinating for me. And then because I was with someone for 22 years, that's more than half my life, and I was just used to that guy and now I'm like I can have anyone now well not anyone I can't have Harry Styles but like you know I I am I'm excited by the prospect of meeting lots of different people and not that you know I want to shag them all but it's sort of it is um it's a really liberating process and 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 quite healing in a way as well that you know I know it's it is addictive this online thing but to be desired and to be fancied and for someone to say fuck you're sexy is is a pretty nice thing and um you know when you've experienced that much hurt and trauma for just someone to hold you as well as and not pull your hair uh, (laughs) it's a pretty lovely thing no I totally agree and I think it's really important to talk about this stuff as part of divorce because it because it is like we all leave a relationship that you you know you probably weren't having that much sex at the end um for whatever reason and then you you come out into this newfound freedom and and you're like oh my god people fancy me and I found that you know when I separated my um self-esteem was really low and obviously it's not all about what other people think for your own self-esteem but it was very nice (laughs) So yeah, have people want to have sex with me? Yeah, I know, and and that's that's a great thing. And I try and balance it out. And I only have like two nights a week, which I have to myself. So I'm like, well, hopefully one night I can have a bit of that. And then the other night I'm like, I'm going to go and see a really good friend, or I'm going out for a film, or do something. You know, when when we can. At the moment, we can still do those things. Um, or I'm just going to stay in and watch all of Shit's Creek again. Um, so, so things like that, I think, you know, and I've the other thing that's been really healing is I've started weight training, as in I'm lifting really heavy weights, and that has been really empowering. Oh, I hate that word. Um, but like every week, I'm lifting something a little bit heavier, and so there's sort of like like those sort of little wins and gains and just having, I'm doing it sort of one-to-one with this fantastic trainer. So, yeah, I'm just trying to do little things that kind of make me feel like I'm 
achieving something more or getting better and yeah so I think those those sort of those sort of things have been yeah really really good but I'm still surprised by days that I'm just hit with the sads that I thought yeah I'm, I'm going really great and you know um what I've got to getting a bit more work and all those sort of things and then just out of the blue I'll I'll just feel really sad and going why did this happen to me um and and all those sort of feelings and and now I'm just going to go I'm going to wade through this I can't I can't sort of polish it up or make it any better I just have to sit with those those sad feelings for a bit and just and get through it and um yeah it's a it's sort of but people keep saying it will get less it, they'll they'll keep happening but the, the the time between them will be will be more um which is good I remember when I started this podcast, I thought, yeah, I'm totally fine. Like I can totally do a podcast talking about divorce and I'll be fine. And actually, you know, throughout recording, it's been so weird recording episodes with people. It's so cathartic, but also sometimes it stirs up a lot of my own stuff. And then, uh, you know, for the rest of the day, I'm like thinking about things or, you know, feeling really positive or feeling really sad or whatever it is. So it's definitely a longer process than I first assumed. Yeah. And I've I've got a few sad songs I like to play um, just to kind of really, really like eat the sad, like really kind of bathe myself in the sad. Yeah, it's it's music can be really healing, I think, and and obviously listening to lots of Brene Brown on repeat and things like that. <laughs> the cliches. Um, so that's good. But yeah, and I've I've done I'm I am still doing weekly um psychotherapy um and I have a really great therapist and all that sort of stuff. So I'm still I'm still kind of in the thick of it really, but just feeling much stronger and 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 the fact that the lockdown has been lifted and I can go out and see friends and all that sort of stuff and like hug a few people um it's been great but I should I should actually mention one of the most important things in my separation was my comedy partner Ellie um because she's been like my wife like we've been together for seven years and you know last year we probably spent more time together than we did with our um, own husbands and so she was not only sort of my like my business partner but I could text her and and she was incredibly supportive um and yeah and all the all the comedy we do it was really funny in February we're driving around in a scummy mommy's van and we're about to embark on like a 40 date tour we've done a few gigs and we're both laughing because comedy comes from pain and comedy comes from awkward and comedy comes from you know all the itsy weird bits of life and you make it funny and we're both like going oh it's so hard to write comedy right now everything's going so great you know we're both married both got kids <laughs> it's so hard to write comedy and then like march happened it was like <laughs> you know like the dark clouds descended i got separated lockdown happened all our gigs went away um but boy do we have um lots of new material to write and content so that was a gift (laughs) I think that's almost one of the worst things about being a comedian is when something awful happens to you you're like well at least I can write about it I know I know and it's 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 yeah and also so I I didn't sort of come out as a single mum for for three months and then Ellie and I did a pretty raw and honest um podcast together 
and which I talked about separation. I didn't talk about him or all those sort of details, but I just talked about what it feels like to be um, separated. And that had the most enormous response. And I had messages, you know, 10, 20 times a day, and I still get them, um, people responding to that. And I'm posting now about what it's like to be a single mum. And I just get messages from around the world saying thank you for talking about the realities about it. Um, Not many people know about what it's like or people just saying thank you, that's my reality. And so now I feel like I've been, not that I've been given a gift, but I have this platform on which I can kind of reach out and connect to a whole new audience and then I can I can again speak my truth, but on on another level, um, and I find it really healing. People have been sending me beautiful messages, going, "I know what you're going through is really hard right now, but it gets better." Um, and so, yeah, it's given me this sort of amazing opportunity to connect with people. And I'm sure you feel the same when you sort of came out as being separated. People go, "Ah." Oh, don't worry, it's going to be okay, or this might be the best thing that's ever happened to you, or he's done you a favor. I love that. Um, a lot of people say, doesn't feel like it at the moment. Um, but <laughs> well, I weirdly had, because my separation, like, you know, we sat down together and discussed it and both agreed. Yeah. So actually I felt sort of initially I felt quite positive about it because it was like my decision and then obviously the like sadness sets in and the anger and and I think it's weird when you have a sort of amicable in inverted commas breakup because you feel like you can't be angry because it's like it was nice and you decided but actually you know there are feelings of anger there about all sorts of things and that and so it took a while for that stuff to kind of come out in me but initially because I was so positive about it I think the reaction from people was like oh I'm so sorry and then I was like I'm fine and then they didn't really know what to do with that and actually it's only it's only been since I started the podcast um which was purely so I could talk to other people who were going through similar things because I didn't really know anyone in my life at that time. Mm. Um, The response to this podcast has been incredible. And and I think, yeah, just like you, it really does help me through the hard times when I'm like alone and like crying and I'm like, I'm going to be alone forever. And I do love myself, but it would be nice to have someone else who loves me. And, you know, and there's other times where I'm like I'm gonna be by myself forever and I love it and it's great and that's what I want and but you know you have the up and down but when I'm having the sad times definitely the messages I've got from people about this podcast you know just being there for them at a difficult time or Hmm. you know helping them feel less alone does really get me through yeah I think I think it's really important and it's you know isn't it one in two like it's 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 uh, marriages and divorce so it's not uncommon but it did feel like a, a new a door had opened into a new world in terms of the connections I had with other women and friends who said oh I've got a friend who's going through a similar thing do you want to talk to her and I'll be like yeah fine let's do it um so I think I think that's really important and, and like the sisterhood's strong man the sisterhood is really strong and um and as a friend said to me she's like you know when you're doing your comedy now um it, it's not about hating him or whatever it's about 
doing comedy about feeling great that this has happened. And I was like, yeah, that's exactly how I want to portray it because, you know, yeah, shitty thing happened. But look what I have. Look what I have because of it. I have new friends. I've gotten a new life. I can, you know, this is weird things like I can put up pictures wherever I like. I can paint the walls pink. I can, you know, and I think there's so much, um, so much good to come from it. It's just a pain that there's just so much, so much hurt and hell that you have to wade through to get there. Um, but it, yeah, it does feel like it's worth it. So, um, so that's that's good. And I think my and can I can I talk about my kitten? I bought a kitten. Oh yes, because it's so cute. So cute. I'm a cat lady. I am now too. Woo. A little black kitten about five, no, three months ago. He's six months old, and it was the best, most healing thing. Like we all took to it and I even saw my kids like sometimes when they're feeling a bit low they'll just pick up the cat and hold it and sing to it and you know just we just all cuddle it like a baby and like that's been really good because my ex was allergic to cats (laughs) (laughs) when we sat the kids down to say mummy and daddy aren't going to be together anymore and then I was like and mummy's getting you a kitten (laughs) 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 so so that was, yeah, that's, I mean, that's one of the hardest things, isn't it? Like when you have children um, is is that that thing where you sit them all down. We had a big bowl of Skittles, which I think obviously helped um, us all. And um, we explained to them that um, we're not going to be together anymore. Um, and, uh, you know, they're both loved and all that sort of thing. Um, so, yeah, that was a hard, that was a hard time. Um, but yeah, my kids are, have been amazing. And I think actually the lockdown was a blessing because I'm always touring. So I'd be away like two or three nights a week. But for three months, or for the last six months, I only went back to school <laughs> two days ago. Um, we've just hung out and cuddled and watched Netflix and eaten whatever the fuck we like and just reestablished ourselves as a three. So in a way, it kind of came at a really good time because we just had that intense time to hold each other really and 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 get get to understand what this new life is so and um yeah and just avoided all homeschool and (laughs) I mean I know and I I almost flogged it a bit too much I'd be like I'm just concentrating on their mental health because they're going through a really big time at the moment so we're not doing any homework and they're like okay (laughs) you do you The divorce card lasts forever. You can always play it. Because you mentioned about that kind of single parent, single mum status now. And obviously your comedy is, you know, you and Ellie talking about a lot about being mums. Um, and, And for me, it's... I think it's really interesting talking to parents about their divorce because obviously I don't have any children and I didn't have children from the marriage. And it's really, I think I spoke to someone else who is single, who doesn't have children um, uh, about it. And and quite often people will say to us, do you have children? Oh, I'm, I'm getting divorced. Oh no, do you have children? Oh no, well, you'll be fine then. And there's this weird kind of, if you have children, everything's, gonna be so much worse but what it's it's really nice talking to you is it sounds like your children have made things better for you in this is period of breakup but what's that what's that new status as single mom how does that feel um 
I I really love it now. I feel there's it's almost a superpower. And someone the other day I said, oh, you know, I was talking about like I had all I'm doing all my first, like the first time I took them away on holiday, like I took them to Cornwall um just by myself and all that sort of stuff. And it was great because we ate pizza every night and no one complained. No one being that guy. Um and we just had a really good time and I documented that um online and i think it was a good for people who were single parents they're like you can do this i remember my first holiday and other people kind of getting a sense of what it's really like to be a single parent and maybe getting a bit of empathy for their other single parent friends um but yeah someone commented the other day saying you're not a single parent you're a double parent and i thought that's so fucking true you like i'm I'm literally right now staring at the massive pile of recycling that i have to do and all the jobs are yours like there's no his and hers and you would know this now that you live um you live separately that yeah, all of a sudden everything is yours to do. There's no like, oh, he hasn't done this. It's 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 all on me. So it's 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 um yeah, I feel really strong by it. And like I'm like I can get all the jobs done when I want, how I like it, and all those sort of stuff. So I like, I kind of really like being a single parent. And I'm just in no absolutely no hurry to have um someone else in the house i like i like that there's a three of us and i like i like this status very much so i didn't and i i remember about a month before i got um separated i was cuddling my husband in bed going oh i never want to get divorced oh i'm just so happy and um and almost thinking that that was going to be a bad thing but now it's it's not it's a really wonderful thing um and now i feel like a complete dick for saying it i'm sorry everybody i said the wrong thing no it's so funny though that you remember those times with your you know, ex, because I remember with my ex saying, because I'd been talking to a friend who was dating and I remember saying to my ex when we were still married, oh, I can't imagine like dating nowadays. I'm so glad I have you and I don't ever have to do that again. And then it was, yeah, like a few months later that we broke up. And it's like, it's so funny that you think back to those times and you're like, it was, I was almost telling myself, like I almost knew Yes, exactly. I know. I know. It's so, yeah, I just, I just, yeah, I still think about myself. Um, think about what was it called? Yeah. Ellie and I in that van in February, just going, ah, everything's so good. Oh. <laughs> and yeah, but it turns out it's even better now. So I think that's, that's the real happy accident of it all is that you just sort of feel, yeah, a great sense of achievement because it, it is all on you. I've paid all those bills on time. I've done this. I'm a grown up. <laughs> Look at me fly. <laughs> yeah, because I think initially it's so overwhelming. Like I remember I was like, oh my God, I have to do everything, like take the bins out and pay the bills. And and then the and then recently I changed broadband provider and I was actually scared to do it because I've never done it before. And I did it and I was like, oh my God, I'm amazing. I could change the broadband. <laughs> I know I defrosted the freezer the other day and I felt like I needed some kind of certificate. I mean, <laughs> I've never done that. Is that something I have to do? I, I couldn't close the freezer door. The ice cream was melting. I had to like take all the drawers out and uh, there was a lot of towels involved and like just chip away all the built up ice at the back of the freezer. Anyway, that's very interesting chat. <laughs> no, but I love stuff like that. Cause I'm like, I'm like learning all these new things that I have to do around the house. Like I mowed the, cause this is normally uh, something that I ask people at the end because I've been going through all this stuff recently to get their take but yeah like recently I've changed broadband put up a 
wooden outdoor storage box and mowed the lawn all for the first time. And I, I felt empowered. Have you done anything apart from defrost the freezer that made you feel like that? Oh, absolutely. I hooked up, I managed to hook up the laptop to the TV so my son could play video games on his laptop but see it on a big screen. And I, I was just like going, whoop, whoop, whoop. And they're like, oh, go, mommy, go. Because you see all stuff I used to leave to my ex and things like that. So that was a really big sense of achievement. Oh, I screwed on a handle on the kitchen cabinets. I mean, that was, oh, just felt amazing with a power drill, like things like that. Just you just you just feel like you've just I as Sarah Millican would say, Johnny Two Dicks. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And then you'd take a picture of them and send them to you. <laughs> Um, So I know it's early doors, but can you ever see yourself in the future getting married again? Or do you think you've been put off marriage? Yeah, do you know what? That's a really hard question because I'm still really raw. And um, uh, yeah, but I'd I'd like to, you know, as as the darkness says, I believe in a thing called love. uh, And it would be nice. It would be nice to feel that. But yeah, just not not right now. Not right now. Not 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 um not for a little while. And and I think I think desperately because I didn't have a dating experience and I didn't do twenties like my friends did their twenties. I've got this opportunity. I'm 41. I still feel kind of young. Um some people think I look 36. Uh <laughs> <laughs> I, I am you do I didn't mean to laugh there you do so uh I like to round things off by asking you about things I've been through so we spoke about my lawn mowing experience but also I'm still in the house I shared with my ex like you are and I've really enjoyed like making it my own and like redecorating and and buying things that you know he probably wouldn't have liked and all, and all of that I've painted the kitchen pink um is there anything like that that you've sort of done or or made something your own and felt really like yeah it's mine now. yeah I've I've redone my lounge so I put up lots of lovely pictures I got really nice I got a really nice rug I got really nice cushion covers and just made it look cozy and lovely and I bought some really nice prints and things like that so I think that just um is great and I paid um some builders to rip out the deck and um off the back and so the, now the 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 garden's a lot bigger at the back and things like that and I've just done little bits that just oh just feel like me and so I'm um, I'm planning to make my I don't say back garden it, it's sort of paved like a courtyard but I wanted to make like Helen's beer garden I wanted like a a nice fancy boutique pub beer garden like a nice barbecue some hanging pots and things like that and that's that's kind of my aim for the next 12 months is to redo redo my courtyard garden and make it like a a place when my kids are away I can sit and drink Aperol spritz with friends and and have it as my little nook so that's yeah that's what I want that's so nice I I definitely have really enjoyed especially during lockdown because I've had nothing else to do so I've just been like painting and like sweeping up gravel in the garden and it's been so nice to like put my stamp on things it's really made a difference I think yeah no it is it's a lovely thing and I wasn't really into that sort of stuff and I've just been busy with like touring and uh, kids and stuff but even just having that time well um thank you so much just to round off if anyone's listening and they can like relate to what you're going through maybe they are where you are right now or they're in the kind of it's just happened shock phase what would you give them any advice or what would you say to them um 
oh, I know this is really wanky, but just feel all the feelings and don't be afraid to share those feelings with your friends. Don't ever think you're a burden. I think that was one of my big things to overcome when I was just feeling really sad. It's okay. Just reach out to people and your friends want to help you. They want to make you dinner. They want to, and when they say, what can I do? Say, bring me some lasagna. Or my friend uh, who's a comedian um, just dropped over some Easter eggs and a packet of cigarettes. I mean, (laughs) it's on my front step. It was lovely. She said, what do you need? I said, chocolate and facts. <laughs> she just, and she just came, left them and, and, and then left. And it was just delightful. It's just what I needed. So, yeah, don't be afraid to ask for help and don't be afraid to really say what you want because it's shit. It's really hard and just get through it. I think that's great advice. I want an Easter egg now. <laughs> I think I've still got some <laughs> left over. <laughs> Thank you so much. We've laughed a lot and I think we've covered a lot of uh, emotional stuff as well. So it's been great. Light and shade. Light. <laughs> Always. Where can people uh, follow you online? You can follow me at Scummy Mummies um, and that is on Instagram and Twitter. And do listen to our podcast. Um, and there is a podcast where I talk about the divorce and that's called Helen's News. And I think that came out on the 23rd of June. Uh, and also I have an Instagram account called Helen Wears a Size 18, which is my fashion thing. But, yeah, get in touch too. Um, and we're on tour I hope, uh, the next couple of months. And so, yeah, if you want to come to a live show, do come along. Amazing. Well, thank you so much. Oh, hi. Thank you for listening to The Divorce Social with me, Samantha Baines. Please leave us a review. Please, please. Um, It would be super nice. They're lovely to read. They keep me cheery and happy and keep me going. Uh, But also it affects our listing in the podcast charts, uh, which are very important because that's how more people find the podcast. And I'd love to help more people get through those really tough heartbreak and divorce times. And they're more likely to find us if we're higher up on the charts. So if you'd like to leave a review, I'd love you forever. You can leave them on iTunes is the big one, or most podcast platforms do them as well. I'll take all the reviews you've got to give. You can also uh, get in contact on Twitter and Instagram at DivorcePod and at Samantha Baines. We have a website, thedivorcesocial.com, and we have a Patreon account, which means that you can support the podcast for as little as £2 a month. And it helps me with all the admin costs. It also means you have access to our 90s-style divorce and heartbreak chat room. And there's lots of exclusives on there, little bits of audio that you don't get in the main podcast, and some giveaways as well. So I'd love to see you over on Patreon. That's patreon.com forward slash Samantha Baines. And please leave a review. Did I say that already? Please leave a review. Love you forever.